Hello and welcome to AF Eloquence, where we are eloquent AF about all things football. My name is Bart Welch. And my name is Emil Freund. It is Wednesday evening, 6.30, the 10th of April, and it has just been round three of this AFL season 2019. Tips, how'd you go? I got four. Oh, dude. Yeah, me too. You and me both. I got a four. Um... It's tough going at the moment, isn't it? Like, I feel like, you know, the more you think you know about football, oh, geez, look to those tips. It's not good. It's the first four rounds of the season, I reckon. They're, they're like a, they're, they're, you don't really get that many tips right. You're just figuring it out in the first four rounds. No one knows who's any good, really. No, exactly. You don't know what kind of preseason people have had. You don't know, you know, injuries, all these things. You really don't know who's going to be any good. But I feel though, I feel like, you know, after three rounds, the dust starts to settle a little bit, right? We can kind of start to now know, like I'm going to be comfortable really that this week I'm going to get six tips, right, at least. But now here's where it starts to become a bit easier, maybe. What do you think? I think that's, well, there's more exposed form, you know. You look at, I was th- having a look at some of these games and I was thinking about the Cats and GWS coming up. Um, and I was looking at, like, the teams they've beaten and Giants have beaten Essendon, in the first round, which may not have been as impressive as we thought it was when they beat them because Essendon for the start of the season have been mostly bad, except for this last weekend, which they were very good. And, you know, I, I, uh, I ate my words a little bit, like I was not backing them in, in any way, but anyway, um, they won and they won pretty well. Uh, West coast, they lost to, and it seems like West coast are just the best team in it at the moment. Yeah. Them and the cats, like the cats look disgustingly good. Um, but I, I will say funny about Essendon, you know, looking kind of good again, when Essendon lost to the Saints the week before, it's like Essendon are terrible. They lost to the Saints. And the first thing I, I watched the Melbourne Essendon game, it was a cracking game of football. But the first thing I sent to you and one of our friends was like, so does this mean St Kilda's good now? Because it's, it seems to be flipping flip flop. It's like, if they, if Essendon lose to a shitty team, like what's happening with them? And then they win. It's like, they're back, baby. <laughs> Members sell papers, I guess. That's right. It does. They do exactly. They they do, and I'll, I'll buy them. I'm a member, and I'll still buy them. <laughs> and then, then the GWS beat Richmond, uh, obviously, which was that that big win we were talking about. Um, but Richmond, without the players, are they're not clearly not at the height they were, and so they're they're exposed form. We're getting a bit of information about that. But then Geelong have beaten Collingwood, who a good team. I think it's pretty clear to see. Um, Very good team. Yeah. Beat Richmond, who again, are a bit lower than we thought they would be and then beat Adelaide. And you know, I'm going to keep on my Adelaide bashing train here. I don't, I don't rate him. I don't bloody rate him. Dude, you've, yeah, you've been bang on each, each week that passes. I feel more and more foolish for putting Adelaide at the top of my list for the year. And it, it I'm starting to, I'm going to, I'm going to want to tip against them and it's, Oh, I know. Yeah, you, you, you're right, man. It's 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 good for you and your blues too. You know, let's hope that that pick swap can be a, a really handy uh, little trade that Sos got done last year. Maybe you get yourself a little upgrade of t- uh, of picks. Who'd have thought, huh? That uh, that that'd be very surprised. At. I'd be very hopeful we're not just sending them a top three pick this year. That's my that's my that's my that's what I'm rooting for in the season. Um, Absolutely. But then Geelong, like they have had some good wins and you've mentioned them in in the same like conversation as West Coast in terms of who are the form teams of the comp and like that Collingwood, Richmond, Adelaide, they may not be as strong wins as West Coast have had. I don't know. Maybe they've beaten teams in slightly better nick. 
Yeah, true. Because what? So West Coast lost to the Brisbane in round one, and then they beat the Giants pretty comfortably mm. in round two, and then of course got a big win, a big win Massive on the road win. against you know Collingwood. That's huge, and like quite comfortably, I guess. Or oh, they were in control of the game for the whole game, really. So, and that's a big one, man. They've got the wood over the Collingwood. They do. Um, but the, the real two form teams right now, uh, it is West Coast and Geelong. And yep. both of them, if you play them at home, like you said, Millie, why was I such a dumbass with the Cats and GMHBA? Why did I tip, I tip bloody Melbourne in round two? They're so damn good at home. They have been for years. Their record's fucked down there. I'm not going to tip against them down there. Like, and same with West Coast at Optus. They're, they're very good sides. I think I tipped the Giants in round two. Dumbass. They won the so flag two Sorry games earlier. But they, they just come off that <laughs> loss against Brisbane. So you, you, they, you thought they might have been gettable, but they... That 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 just maybe they were just a game a week behind where uh, Brisbane were because you know they'd played finals true. and they had less of a preseason than Brisbane did. That's true, and I guess what you can say, what we're getting at here is a week seems to be a long time in footy. Whoa, right? Seven days That's for you and me, but in football, an eon. An it's a, another an eternity. Yeah, it's so long, man. So long, anything can happen, which keeps us all here doing this every week, watching football when your side's won fucking, what is it, three games in the last 30 or so that Carlton have won? I, th- I, I think, think I saw that stuff today. 35, three and 35. Yep. That is hard going, dude. Hard yeah. work. Haven't, haven't won and a game yeah, in Melbourne since like round four last year. <sighs> boy, oh boy, merely. <laughs> Jeepers. It's, it's a tough going, man. But you know what? I think we've been putting some good stuff out there, some good vibes out, and I reckon it's going to turn around for us very soon. For me, it already is starting to turn. Slightly, slight turn, but I reckon good things are coming for those blues, mate. And we'll talk about that later. We will. Good things are coming. Uh, the vibes are helping, no doubt. I mean, I, not, neither of our predictions for um, this round, me, mine of Mason Cox slipping on, a, slipping on a hot dog and injuring himself came true. Um, but we did have some injuries during the week. That, that Nat Fife one was pretty big. Oh, yeah, it was big. And I know that my do, my spooky voodoo prediction was Michael Walters feel a little bit of cramp in his calf. And you know what he felt a little bit of? He felt a little bit of domination against the Saints for his best on ground performance. He yeah. absolutely whipped us up. Your prediction and was a little bit too Saints friendly, I think. I went, it was. I went too hot on it. Well, they're all they're always going to be under the Saints friendly bias, I think, from my brain. He is, to but, be uh, very how, sore in the calf, but only from running his guts out and winning the game of football with his own legs. Exactly, from kicking the shit out of the Saints. He's got sore legs from <laughs> oh. it, from kicking so many goals. Oh. And we did nothing to match him up either. Someone needed to get into that calf, but yeah. no, we just let him run free and cut us the fuck up. But there goes my powers, merely. Thought I had something for a couple of weeks there. Turns out I'm just some dickhead in a room doing a podcast. I don't believe that for a second, Bart. I think that maybe it's just something about, maybe you shouldn't have a prediction about games featuring the Saints because you know that, that emotion clouds your... Your spooky voodoo, you know, you can't be leaning too heavily into the personal feelings of, maybe you can't use your voodoo for personal gain. That's true. It's kind of like all superheroes, you know, if they start doing it for their personal gain, you know, there's, there's all these morality questions involved here. So maybe you're right. I've learned of these powers and now I, now I need to use them for good for teams that the blues are versing <laughs> for you merely. I will use these powers and I'll, I'll put them to good work for those mighty blues. Let's get them up oh. that ladder. I'm looking forward to your spooky voodoo prediction for this week. Um, whenever mm. you figure out, when it, whenever it comes to you, whenever the moment strikes yeah. and your premonition like hits. Premonition of sorts, exactly. It just strikes me in the moment. It's crazy. I go into my eyes, roll back in my head. It's, it's pretty wild. 
you've seen it, but yeah, for, I have. for our, on this audio medium, you can't really get a, a grip of how <laughs> shocking it is to see. But it's like I said, it's spooky. You are the Alyssa Milano from Charmed of this podcast. I've always said it. You have always said that. You've always said that. And, and that's what people call me these days, as well as Dr. Turf. <laughs> Stay off my turf. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in Milano. Um, right. <laughs> the games this week. Let's, 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 uh, we, had, we didn't get great tips uh, for each, but maybe six is to come. I think you're right. We've got some more idea about how the season's running maybe we can um maybe we can make a better fist of it but i'm still going with the gut and the heart because four is more than three and that's what i had in the previous week so there we um, go we're working up yeah and if you don't um, have your gut or your heart what do you got nothing you're just you're just a hollow body with all the other organs and stuff but you need that gut and you need that heart and that's how you yeah. get nine out of nine really Ooh, i guess a combination of all three and some sort of buddhist thing heart gut and head you know Maybe maybe two out of three ain't bad, as Meatloaf famously said. Um, and we all love Meatloaf at the AFL. So um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Meatloaf's prediction. Go for go for heart, head and heart um, and not head, because head would tell me never to hire Meatloaf again or, or quote him. Um, oh, also, your head would tell you to not pick Port Adelaide when you make some weird thing about like, hey, oh, I, they always do this to me and they dog me, so I'll go to the other version and of course, and tip them. Like a dumbass, thinking with my heart merely. I needed a bit more head than heart with that one, but you you, you called it really well. You were like, well, you're doing that. You're tipping them, so I'm going to tip Brisbane because now that you've done that, they're going to win. They you're are. right, again. Now, this is why we have the podcast because we find out a lot more about football through having a conversation with each other. And, you know, I, I, I feel much more uh, secure in my football knowledge that when I'm talking to you. Me too, Millie. It's it's a it's a reciprocal transaction, and it's very enjoyable for us both. Cheers to that. <laughs> Cheers to us. To us. Now the rounds that are <laughs> round four um, kicks off on a Thursday night up at the SCG. The the much maligned SCG, the overplayed MCG, the the ground with the turf problems, Doctor oh. Turf. Um, Sydney v Melbourne, an out mm. of sorts Melbourne. Yeah, a lot of turf issues there. Where do they? Where do they stand? On what turf does? Dost Melbourne stand. Um, yeah, it's a big one, man. It's a Thursday night football. I might try and get my bum down there because it'll be exciting. Um, yeah, and I, I know it's, it might be it might be a big call because they haven't looked like showing much. But I feel like Melbourne are going to get it right really soon. And I've said this for weeks. And maybe they're just shit. Maybe they are. And I know their backline's leaking like a sieve because it looks terrible. But when they, in that third quarter against the Dons, when they started like, they, oh, sorry, second quarter, they started like getting it together and they actually were converting from their entries inside 50. That was, that was the Melbourne that I know how, I know they can play. And I don't think they're far off from getting that. And so I, and anyway, I think, I think they're going to get it together to, against a Sydney outfit who hasn't been that great at home. Who's a little bit looking worse for wear as well. They're not, they haven't quite got it together yet. So I'm going the, I'm going the D's man. It's, it, if they lose this, it might be the last time I tip them, but we'll we'll touch on the D's a little bit more as well because we want to lean in a bit more and have a, have a think about them. But that's my tip, Millie. And looking at your eyes, I feel like we're going to disagree straight up on this one. What do you think? I have actually tipped Melbourne too. I um I was in, I was impressed by by Sydney in those second and third quarters against those uh, against the Blues on the weekend. They had that kind of compression game that they play in in kind of full flight but 
we are not as composed a team as the demons. And so they'll be able to handle that pressure a lot better. SCG is a small ground and that's how it came about. It was like, it does, that's, that, that's, that game style is perfect for the MC, SCG. Although they haven't really been able to get it together because maybe teams worked them out. I don't know, but they haven't really been able to get it together on the SCG. That compression game worked really well against us at Etihad. I mean, Marvel on the weekend um, because we just didn't have the composure to, to, to deal with it, to hit our kicks often enough. Our, our efficiency went right down in the second and third quarter. Melbourne should be able to handle that a bit better. Um, they got the players to do it. And I think Braden Pruce should definitely come in this week. Um, it'll give them another out, give them more support for Max Gorn, who is getting targeted. Um, I think he's such a dynamic player. You can play him as an out-and-out ruck. You can play him as a forward ruck. Like, he's got many good attributes and he's a big man that's taken some time and uh i think his time is now um no time like the present for Braden Pruce. that's right he's um, got to stand tall in his his natural height and uh, and deliver and i think it's i think it's a it's a good tip on on playing two ruckman there and i reckon you know it seems like the game's kind of obviously last year or the year before ruckman became even they really came back on the scene like so important a dominant Ruckman means, you know, a dominant midfield and, you know, they're, you know, it's all won and lost in the midfield. So I feel like uh, maybe, maybe Port Adelaide are doing the little um, prototype of how this can work with Ryder and, and Lysette and they're absolutely killing it against teams who, you know, have, you know, a, a, like, like the Saints, uh, a Ruckman who's not that dominant. And if they get over someone like that and you've got two of them that are very able players, that's a, that's a big thing. And I, I agree with you, with you there, a bit more support for Maxi Gorn. Bring, bring the big, bring in the big Bruce. Jeez, that was a that was a mouthful. If Essendon can do it with Tom Bell Chambers and Zach Clark, then I think Melbourne have it covered with Braden Bruce and Max Gorn. I think that they will use that in a in a much better way. I reckon you're right. I reckon that we're seeing now that you know a game a week is a long time in football, and and as they say, um, the later the time goes, the small men get slower, but the big men don't get any shorter that's as the and, saying goes that's that's word for word how it goes and we all well if a week is a long time in football then a game is still quite a long time in football it is um so the two tall ruckmans will be uh the two tall ruckman will be uh the winning formula for melbourne if they bring in Braden Bruce. if they don't bring in Braden Bruce, then i would like to change my tip to sydney but i think if they bring him back in they will win that game well we will not know until Oh, maybe today. Who knows? The teams for that game are probably out. Maybe you should have checked them. They probably to be are. honest. But let's just leave it in the dark right now. And yeah, let's okay. let's six forty eight on Wednesday. Yeah, it has just gotten dark, so we'll leave it there and hope that those D's get up for our sake, for our bloody tip's sake. Hmm. Moving on. Mm-hmm. What do we got? Collingwood and the Western Bulldogs at the MCG on a Friday night. Uh I tip the dogs here <gasps> because I'm tipping with the heart and the gut. Whoa, that is a heart gut situation right there. Wow, yep. way. Yeah. I believe in those dogs. You do. Wow. The un- I think yeah. most people are tipping them to take a long time, but they have Aaron Norton in that side, and people people don't people forget that fact. They're ready now. Yeah, they don't well, realize. Not ready for everything, but they're ready for Collingwood in in some way. They'll bring it to the to the pies. They will, and I guess they'd have to like they'd have to start quickly and get on the scoreboard and really and kind of shake them up to to really be uh, competitive. I imagine if they didn't if they don't do it early and Collingwood get on top early, it'd, it'd be tough. M- mind you. In, in saying that, the dogs can score quickly. We know how quickly they can score, as they did against Hawthorne last week. So, and they've got that they got that grit and determination back, and they got their heart and soul player in Libba. Yeah, mate, Libba and the Bont, they're they're going to be a potent 
midfield force to deal with. Liber, for anyone. Liber and the Bont, also their little side project, their little <laughs> folk yeah. band that they get around in Fitzy, in the Western suburbs, yeah. sorry. Foots Grey. Liber actually makes a, um, a, a little animation with um, him, Liber and the Bont, as, as two bulldogs that have little wacky adventures, you know, run away from their owners, but then, and then go and have, you know, tattoo sessions and go play footy in Vietnam and then get back before the owners even knew what was going on. Dude, you're selling that to me like it's a real thing and I, I don't think it is. That, that should be a thing. That's, that's brilliant. I'd watch that. Absolutely. Libra and the Bond. Two cheeky dogs. Two cheeky bulldogs. <laughs> wow. Um, if, if, if the Western Bulldogs would like to contact uh, AF Eloquence about writing said uh, animation series, then we'd be very interested. That's right. They know where to hit us up. It's AFEloquence at gmail.com and also on Instagram and Facebook, AF Eloquence. You can't miss us. <laughs> Keep in touch. Same Your with you. pick would be Collingwood then. Yes, that's right. I feel like the Libra and the Bomb will get put down on Saturday. Oh, oh. sorry, Friday. Um, by those the, ep- the episode, the sad season finale where they go to the vet or the sorry, off to the they go off to the farm. Yeah, that's to right. Run away. That's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Have their adventures out there after season one. After 2016, they went out to the farm for a good year or so, a couple of years out in the farm. Um, but no, I think those swoopy boys. I think the buyers will. Um, I just think they're such a great team. I, I don't know. I don't reckon they'll go two games in a row looking a bit down like that. But I think they're very good. Their midfield's just too disgustingly good to to lose that many games this year. Um, yeah, I feel like the Pies will win. That's my tip. They're a good team, man. They're, they're scary. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to play them. I don't. Do not want to play them. You're convincing me, but I'm I'm gonna hold my hold my uh, hold my tip where it was. Yeah, stick with that hard gut. Heart. That's the, the head's telling me to change it, but no, no, no. no. I'm gonna. Heart Man, out. you're listening. You've been convinced by a guy who got four tips last week and who said Port Adelaide will win. And you know this. You, you, I think you stick with your heart and your gut because my heart and my gut are both a little off at the moment. I got a gut ache and I got heartburn, so don't listen to these two. <laughs> well, I have a brain tumor, so that makes um, that makes sense as to why I'd pick the heart and gut. That's right. You got to listen to something. That's right. Um, Mum, I don't actually have a brain tumor. Just to... Amelia's perfectly fine. A-okay. He's A-okay. Um, on, on Saturday afternoon at one forty-five local time at, uh, at, at GMHBA, well, Cardinia, well, I don't know why we're using the brand names. Uh, Cardinia Park. Uh, Traditional that's you, that's for you. That's for you, Dylan, at the ABC. There you go, Dylan. Um, Geelong take on the Giants. Mm, very tough game. Um, but you know where my heart and gut lies on this one with my little preamble before we've gotten here about Geelong down at Cardinia Park. It's Geelong. They've looked so damn good. The the Giants are, are a great team as well, obviously. And when they've got it, when they're firing on all cylinders as they did on the weekend, they look brilliant. But yeah, Geelong have a real home ground advantage. Shock horror. Jeremy Cameron was pretty bloody good. Very very good. Did I tell you as well? I don't know if I told you. I was working out here in the western suburbs of Sydney the other day, doing some horrible soul sucking promo work. And tried to sell um, Jeremy Cameron a gym membership. I didn't re- realize that it was Jeremy Cameron until I started talking to him. And then he looked up and I had like a weird little flip moment. and was like, oh, oh, hey. And then just kind of said like, oh, you, you know, you're fit enough, Jeremy, or something stupid. I don't know what I said to him. And he just didn't say a word, just kind of smiled and walked off. Surprisingly, also, maybe ironically, the Giants didn't look that big. Not a massive dude. Like quite lean, I mean, obviously, you know, the, I guess the modern footballer, right? Like he was, he's not huge. He was, he's very, very fit. He looked like he could run all day and very athletic, but 
didn't look like that old school, like, oh, here come the footballers into the pub. These big Goliath men. He was you know, quite a... Maybe he did need to step inside and hit up that gym for a little bit. A little bit more work, Jeremy. But uh, he kicked seven That's, goals. I think that could have been some constructive feedback. Oh, well, you know, he did kick seven goals. Maybe I got into his head. He probably doesn't need the gym. Maybe I got into Maybe his head did. and was like, hey... You want a gym membership, mate? You need it. And he's like, what oh, the fuck? Fuck you. I'm a football player. My job is the gym. And then came out and kicked seven, got 30 touches to shut up that guy in the in, in five dock in Sydney, tried to sell him a gym membership. Well, you got to sing this song at Giant Stadium and that's what I was rooting for. Yeah, that's right. Did you say oh, I got to sing the song? Yeah, I did. Oh, mate, I didn't know I'm going in the end. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I realized I double booked myself. I actually went to a, uh, in a West, like one day party, you know, those block parties they do in like Marrickville. So I actually, I'd already booked a ticket to that. I completely forgot it was this weekend. So, and then by the time it rolled around, I was like, oh, fuck, one day party bullshit. I want to go to the football, but it, I'd paid 40 bucks. So I should have gone. And you know what? Kind of average. Should have gone to the football. Would have got to sing the song. Wow. Would have got to celebrate with Alex, you know, get around those giants, maybe get some special, try and like creep in with him for some a- ambassadorial perks. But no, there I was getting bumped around on some at the Portugal club in Marrickville. Then I woke up with a hangover. Oh, I'm, just, I'm just getting a bit worried that you're turning into a Sydney kind of football fan already, but. That sounds incredibly Sydney, doesn't it? That's as Sydney as it, it gets. It's like, no, I didn't go to the football man. I was in the inner west of the Portugal club with the block party in the day classic day party as well because you can't go fucking classic anywhere at night party. yeah unless you want to go have a slap on the pokies there's plenty of them around here um yeah but uh, well, I did, you gotta have a party during the day nothing's open at night exactly it literally is why but um so I, I didn't know i'm going i didn't get to sing the song which is a real nightmare but uh you know what do you do huh well jeremy cameron did and he didn't need a gym membership he needed seven goals which is what he got ironically if you're in the gold coast you'd probably sell a bunch of gym memberships or you know Maybe I should take my is, business up there to the GC, watch yeah, less well, and less I hear football. That they don't even have a proper facility up there. You know, if you listen to the Melbourne clubs who recruited Stephen May and uh, and Tom Lynch, then they're they're undercooked as as players, yeah. underdeveloped. Yeah, that's in, they're interesting comments, aren't they? What like Rance you said, yeah, Alex Rance said about Lynch, just like you know, the only reason he's this good is because he's a freak. It's not because of any of their de- development. A real shots fired and but i feel like rance is someone that i'll listen you know such a reasonable man he wouldn't say that if he if he didn't really mean it like he would have heard from tom lynch about his prep and all of these things and and then gave his two cents and that's oh, i guess it makes a lot of makes a lot of sense doesn't it they've had some high draft picks and some really good players and who haven't come on to be anywhere near the players that they were in their juniors that's exactly it and i i I feel like I feel like it's a different, slightly different crew running the ship up there now. Plus, you never know how how intelligent a bloke Tom Lynch is. Like he may just not have, because he's had the natural talent, didn't need to invest as heavily in the whole extra, you know, the the, the extra training that they give them in terms of pre- preparation or whatever. Because he never had to work that hard to be the best player in their team or one of. I reckon that's probably a big part of it. Like the professionalism side might not have been there because he's an absolute prodigy at football and. You know, he's probably, he might be a really intelligent footballer, but I I've heard him in a few interviews and uh, I, the football analysis is definitely there. Let's just say that much. Yep. I, I suspect he probably got a bit of special treatment as well as a player that they wouldn't have wanted to lose. It, it, no one's, no one's, no one, if, once you lose Gary Ablett, nobody's chasing Tom Lynch if he's kind of, if he misses the odd kind of meeting or if he doesn't contribute as much in a team session. Like, exactly. Whatever. Who cares? He'll kick you fucking seven goals when it counts and get you into a, you know, the finals. That's what he'll do. Who cares about if he can string a sentence together? Not me. 
That's right. Um, well, back on the back on the Giants, uh, I looked. They hadn't beaten the Cats since April 2016. That's a long time. I didn't know that. Time. Especially in football, where a week is a very long time. Oh my god! So so three years in football, it's actually oh. like an unfathomable amount of time. Our little brains. Players on the Giants list weren't even born when they well last beat the, the Giants. That's incredible. The, the, the Cats, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel you. I was actually, I didn't even notice that stumble because I was so blown away by, you know, what you're telling me, these cold hard facts, these in the know facts. Um, that's right. Well, that's interesting. We are AF, looking about. Yeah. We are as AF, as fuck. Um, well, with that little tidbit, I'm still sticking, I'm, I'm sticking with the Cats. I'm staying with the Cats. That gives, That strengthens my argument. Of course, I had considered that a meal. Of course, I know that. Um, I'm going the cats. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm also going the cats. I still think that the giants, I'm still happy with them as my, uh, as my preseason tip, they're playing well enough that they'll be in, in the mix, I reckon. Um, but yeah, they have, yeah. Last time they played Geelong in Geelong when they lost by 61 points. So yep. The cats. Also is Gary Rowan the best could potentially the best recruit of the year. I reckon he, there is not many better one-on-one players like than Gary Rowan for his size. Yeah, he he's a very he is very good one-on-one. On one. I, I wouldn't be putting him in the best recruit. There's a there's a few others that pop straight into my head. One being Lockie Neal. They pretty much oh. maybe have a Brownlow medalist, and they gave away a pick. You know, it's like nineteen thirty and something, and got a couple back, so that they didn't give away a heap to get him. And he's, he's like second favorite to win the Brownlow. I, I feel like that's going to be hard to get over. Same no, as Scott. Did I, say, did I say best recruit in the AFL? I mean, I, I actually wrote, I mean, it's best redhead in the AFL. Sorry. Oh, I'm well, sorry. in that case, absolutely. Clayton Oliver. <laughs> Clayton Oliver, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't even go there. Honorable mention to Clayton Oliver. Um, no, Gary Rowan's, I, th- I feel like he's just been a great role player. All, all of the, That's what Geelong are doing so well. They just have that. So many players, so many troops that can just step into a different role and just get the job done. And a friend of it, another friend, Alex, Alex Mantle, who's listened to the pod. So shout out to Alex Mantle. What, what? Anyway, Alex pointed out an interesting thing. He was just saying that how, how uh, little of the ball Geelong get to damage you. They barely, t- they, they don't have to get a heap of possessions. They, you know, it might be the other teams controlling the ball a fair bit, but Geelong just do so much damage with s- such little of the play, and they they are very effective. And all of those players, yeah, your Gary Rowans of the world, and and their you know Dalhouse is doing his bit. All of that, that Ryan Myers, that that draft pick from a couple of years ago, they're all just playing a fucking good role, and they're just getting getting it done as a team. And they look damn good. I'm so they glad do. I put them out of my eight. So glad, really smart, smart <laughs> enough. Gary Rowan, uh, yeah. I reckon as a one-on-one, like they, he adds a dimension to that forward line that is super important. Like if, if it's just Tom Hawkins and, and uh, you know, the, their forward line of last year, then it, it's a bit more predictable with Gary, like Gary Rowan changes that. I've been a big fan of his for a while, like pre, pre his big leg break and, and post. And I think that he will, I think he's just going to keep on keeping on and be a really good player for a while. Yeah, he's pretty dynamic, isn't he? And he 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 makes them look a lot more dangerous. It's been a it's been a, a clever pickup from uh, Stephen Wells at Geelong, who just seems yeah. to do it time and time again for years and years on end. They're they're a very successful club. Good on you down at Cadinia Park. Now Essendon versus Essendon take on Brisbane at the MCG at two ten, classic time slot. Oh, I love that time slot. That's my favourite time slot. Two ten. Uh, traditional. 
the traditional two ten game, the the big one that where they really pack out the stands. Um, this is the hardest game to pick. Would you agree? I would agree. I I've been I've been tossing up about it for a couple of days. I didn't. I haven't known how to how to call this one. Um, poor Brisbane feel like they probably <clears throat> Brisbane feel like they probably have outperformed people's expectations, and you'd think that that maybe means they're going to drop one. Um, Essendon have underperformed and have just seemed to hit some really good form. Um, and it's at the MCG. Um, I, yeah, I'm finding it hard. Oh yeah. It, no, it, it's very hard. And I guess it's a coin toss. So it really doesn't matter what we say. Um, but I am tipping the Brisbane lions and it's, it is, it, it nearly feels like it's the riskier, tip of the two i feel like it's it might be a bit easier to go to think that the dons might roll on from here and get a bit better but got it just you know they're they're three and zip and they've played some good football and they did they beat their own premiers they've they've been losing every game they've played this year they've been they've been down at some point and they've got it managed to get over the line every week over the line every week nearly um and i think that be careful getting over the line very careful that white lion fever I, I yeah I I feel like Brisbane will win, man. I I'm not sold on Essendon yet. I know how good Essendon can be. They're they're very good. If they if they start rolling again, Essendon like they did last year, which you know maybe I, I will say Jake String is looking like so damn good for them. He's looking career best kind of Jake Stringer. He, he nearly single handedly got over the line against the Saints in round two, and every week he's been their most dangerous player. Um, and he's looking great. But I I, I feel like um Brisbane are looking top notch, and they're three. The defense is. One of their strengths as well. Such a good defense, man. That Witherden and Harris Andrews and Dan McStay, when if he gets it all together, he's he's a great player as well. They they're looking good, dude. I'm tipping the Lions. It's a hard one though. It's a coin toss. Well, in the nature of a coin toss, and because I've been bagging the Dons, uh, I will go the other way. I I yeah, I was probably leaning to the Lions, but I feel like for the sake of the pod, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you there and, and go for the Dons. Fair enough, man. And uh, all power to you. And I feel like, yeah, they they very well could just get over the line here. And that would be interesting, though. They it's a it's a bit of a game, isn't it? Where you know, round four, this this starts to shape where the rest of the season goes. And I feel like for Essendon, it's 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 one of them now. They you know they're going to contend for the flag. They should beat Brisbane, a much improved Brisbane. But if they're gonna if they're gonna be there in September slash October, they uh they should. They should beat the the Lions and then be two and two and then they're kind of back on track. But if they lose this round and they're well, one it means the three, Lions are the real deal, doesn't it? It means that's they're right. really going to play finals this year. Exactly, the Lions are four and zip. That's a very good foundation to build from there, and they should be taken seriously. Not they aren't now, but if they're four and zip and they beat Essendon, they're 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 destined for some some good things in the near future. Um, and if Essendon lose, they're one and three, and it's going to start getting pretty tough because we know that the stats don't they don't look on you fondly. We're starting that low, you know, you're one and threes, you're one and four. Yeah, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough one for them. But I don't think their fixtures amazingly kind to them. So they need to win this game. It's a big one already. Now the next game is between, oh geez, uh, North Melbourne and Adelaide. Uh, is that right? Yeah, North Melbourne and Adelaide at, have I missed one? Mm, I don't know. That sounds right for the, for, at the minute. It's at Moorville Stadium, North Adelaide. Moorville Stadium? Yeah. Um, well, I can, I'll have a, I'll give you my, little spiel on this and you can check if you've missed one, but, um, um, Oh, this is a hard one as well. This is another one of those tough games to call. And it's, you know, at some point you'd imagine the ruse will 
will get it together. I, I, I don't know what's going on with them this year. They're saying that, you know, they've taken a while to adapt to the 666. Like, is that the case? How are you not adapting yet? Like, everyone's doing it. Like, how are you... How is your whole game plan based around something that isn't this so much that you actually just can't play fucking football anymore? They've looked poor. So poor. I, I don't know really what's happened. Ben Brown looks a shadow of himself. The, you know, and they don't have any huge injuries. They don't have massive injuries, do they? They just haven't really... I don't no, but they have brought in. They have brought in recruits. And maybe in another year... Maybe it does make a difference in terms of their recruits, the fact that they have not... Um, uh, the adapted to the 666 um but it's probably and like maybe in another year when they had runners it'll be easier but i think with new recruits that are so important to the way they're trying to play footy with that extra run off half back and um and and through the wing i think it is probably and they got a different looking you know they, they're trying a different looking midfield group as well a younger a younger midfield group around the ball um and i guess i see similarities with carlton like in that way that they are struggling. There's clearly talent on their list, but they're struggling to play in a way that will win them games. At, you know, and they're struggling to deal with it when they get on the back foot too heavily. Um, yeah. And I guess, you could, I th- yeah. And I guess you could say as well, you know, last year they, they probably just overperformed, performed really, you know, cause they were, they were tipped to be wooden spooners last year and everyone kind of forgets mm. that. Um, mm. That you know they re- they really overperformed and they they looked pretty great and then maybe now it's a bit of a reality check with where they're at again and you know they're zero and three you, you lose this one you the season's pretty much done from here which is grim yep. but um you know and and then and then on to Adelaide with this one who I am tipping I'm tipping the Crows if I if I've got them on the, the my top of the list I got to keep backing them for a little bit but it's a danger game and I do that very cautiously not with a, not a lot of confidence I tip those Crows I just feel like they've got to stronger midfield with the Crouch Crouch brothers and, and uh, Rory Sloan and Rory uh, Laird off the halfback hasn't been killing it at the moment. I feel like if he, when he kicks into gear, their, their attack really comes from the back half, the Crows. So um, if he, if once that all clicks for them, you know, I'd imagine they'll, they'll be quite potent again. Hasn't all worked out for the Crows yet, has it? But uh, that's who I'm tipping. Yeah. There are some big, big names at the Crows who haven't fired you know, and Gibbs and, and, and in the midfield and, um, and even the, and, and even their big, you know, Tex Walker and Eddie Betts superstar forward line have been well off their game. Um, so that there is, I guess, way more potential for that team as I think everyone would agree uh, than North, but I'm going to tip North. I'm going to tip North because I reckon the time has come that they're going to click in some way. There's been a lot of pressure on them. It is a, it is a danger game for them. They are, their season's done with if, if they lose this game. So, and I, I think it's because it's at Docklands too. It makes me just, I feel like North are capable of winning some of these games at Docklands when they have, you know, when they're that far underdogs, they can win there. They, they play well at Docklands usually. They can. And, and you're, and you're right for, you know, when, when are these, it's like, same, it's kind of the same thing with Brisbane. Like when's Brisbane going to drop one and when's North going to win one? Like where, where do you pick it? And, and you're right. They, they, they play, they play well at, at Docklands and, um, yeah, and also let's not forget that you know they they were ahead against the Hawks and they were ahead against Brisbane till like the fourth quarter. So they Two easily could have very good teams in both top eight sides and you know teams that yeah they're doing very well. If they if they if they if it went the other way slightly, North could be two and one and had a weird blip against Frio in round one and then they get over the Crows and she's she's all finals, you know. Um, but nah, jeez, oh, it's a hard one, mate. But I'm going those mighty Crows. 
All right. Next we got. Uh, next we've got. Oh, I did forget a game. By the way, I forgot the Richmond game. Um, at four thirty-five. Four thirty-five on that uh, that Saturday afternoon. It's Richmond and Port, Adelaide Oval. I am picking Port. Done. I'm picking Port. Done. Go yeah. Port. <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah, for obvious reasons. Yep, Con- Connor Rosie is a oh, fucking star. Like he's great, dude. And it and it pains me. You know, I, this is what I didn't want to happen. In terms of Connor Rosie went pick five in the draft last year, and Max King, who St Kilda took, went at pick four, and both of them St Kilda fans. They both really wanted to play at the Saints, and Rosie mm. was like only a month, a couple of months earlier, was kind of seen as around a. Pick, he was a bit of a bit of a bolter towards the back yep. end of the year. It was more around the pick ten mark, and then went at five. And you know, it's SA, so the South Australian clubs in Port in this instance, working on their retention strategy. You know, picking a local local boy um, who played who played in the SANFL. Like he was ready made, and yeah. Port are a ready made team. Exactly against against full grown men. Same with Rankin. You know, you see them carve up in, in against. You know, seniors is is super impressive, and so he's yeah. Not every big man can be Max uh, can be um, Aaron Norton either. That's right. They they're very aware of the time, most of the time. Um, but uh, Connor Rosie kind of doesn't give a fuck about it either. He just jumps straight in there and to kick five goals too. I think he got and could have kicked seven. It's very impressive, and they're all different uh, goals as well. Like set shot on the run, a snap like front and center. Yeah, pretty diverse. It's show some real attributes. Yeah, he's class, man. He's class. I do like him though. As a, a deep down, he's a Saints fan. He gets it. <laughs> he gets it. So we're both tipping Port in this one. Richmond have going to be without their stars, and it's going to cost them. Uh, West Coast versus Frio, the the derby, as I say, the derby, as they say, mm-hmm. over at Perth, eight uh, ten p.m. Victorian time, Eastern Seaboard time. Um, right, I, I'm picking the Weagles because. Nat Fife is not probably not going to be playing. Uh, Ross Lyon this week said he needed a scat test, which I didn't know what it was. I Googled it. Didn't seem like it had much to do with concussion. Did you say a scat test? Yep. Testing his poops? Yeah. No. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's, I, I wasn't sure at the time. He'd said in relation to the concussion that Nat Fife was needed to have a scat test. Um, I had a wow. Google. Seemed um, different. Is it actually, is it, a, is it a poop test? <laughs> like what, what is a scat test? Is that what it is? Uh, well, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm going to do my research. I assume it's some this. sort of concussion protocol, but you know. Right. Well, I guess he, he needed a, a scat test because he looked scattered, if I may, after that fucking knock, man. I haven't seen someone look that concussed for a little while. He got a free kick, might I say. They both bumped heads. Bullshit. Looked bad. Yeah. Josh Battle just, you know, what, what's in a name again, right? His name's fucking Battle. Josh Battle. Don't hit his head. He will knock you the fuck out. He's like 19 or 20. He's already had a sh- fucking shattered eye socket or something and played a few weeks later. He's a very hard man. To knock Nat Fife out like that and knock him all the way under the sidelines and then to get a scat test, you've done a pretty pretty big hit there. But, um, having nah, a shit back- week. Having a very shit week. <laughs> Cloudy thoughts. Ugh, murky waters. Um, I think that um, the Eagles will win as well, particularly that. If Fife was in, bit of a different story, but I'd still be tipping the Eagles over there. We are in agreement. Uh, Sunday's games start with uh, Gold Coast versus Carlton at uh, the Gold Coast Football Stadium. Uh, uh, there's actually a new sponsorship arrangement between the Gold Coast Football Stadium and um, outdoor, out, outdoor gear retailer BCF for the naming rights to the ground. 
It shall now be known as the BCFGCFG. So there you go. Are you kidding me? Is that actually happening? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh I see those little eyes of yours merely dashing around. Because <laughs> I, I don't even I don't even know what it's called up there. It's not. Is it not called Metricon anymore? It's called BCF. Yeah, it's definitely called BCF. <laughs> the BCF GCFG. Yeah. Well, it rolls off the tongue as as easy and as eloquently as uh, GMHBA or yeah, AF eloquent. Fugsifug. It's oh, really easy. And they're good up there, man. They're very good up at unbeatable. Except for in this instance, Emil. Oh, hello. Except for this week, where I feel like your Mighty Blues are going to get off that zero and they're going to get a win on the board, man. I feel like this is a game that um, that you can... It's a danger game for Gold Coast, you know, and Gold Coast is starting to get a little a little confident. They know they can they can win games of football now. They're, they're getting a bit of this culture going at their team there and and this is the perfect time for shitty clubs like the Gold Coast to drop one um, and I reckon the Blues will be hungry and they'll know they can get a win on the board I'm not sure what they with what like uh, McGovern's like at the minute if he's going to play he's Does likely it? to play okay that's good because that's very important if he's not there it might be the difference that's how close I reckon it will be but I feel like this is a game that the Blues can can get a win on. And they've looked, there's been patches of, the, there's been quarters that the Blues have looked great in and competitive with with all of the teams they've played. And I feel like this is this is the one where they can get off, get, get a win on the board, man. Go Blues. We've played well in half of all of our quarters, I reckon. And I think you're right. I think we can. The last game we won was actually up at Metricon, the former, former Metricon Stadium. Um, we won it up there. That was our last winning game in, um, yeah. Was it really? Uh, yeah. like the, literally the last game you won was against Gold Coast yeah, last sure. year sometime. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be this year again. You're gonna you love it up there, obviously. You love playing the Gold Coast at uh, yeah. BFC G F The C F C love playing at the BCF G C F G. They do. Everyone <laughs> says it. that all the time. That's, we all know that. Classic saying. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. I reckon. Yes, I think the Blues. I'm going to tip the Blues here. Uh, yes, heart and heart and uh, gut. Also a little bit ahead, but I think that um, I think we got the players. Oh, I think that we should, we should be playing Gibbons, who's been playing as a small forward in the midfield. I think that Lockie O'Brien should play forward if they're going to play him. I think Mark Murphy should move from the wing to half back and be a distributor from there because I've struggled to find that quality without Doherty in our side. Marchbank will be another week better off. Uh, Levi looked. Levi Casbot looked good enough that he can be useful in terms of providing a contest and crashing some packs and relief rock, which means Harry doesn't have to play relief rock. I think that there are enough things that we got. Look, and, and dealing with pressure has been our problem and kicking efficiency. So we won't get as much pressure from Gold Coast as we did against Sydney. They play very different games, and I think we'll have enough looks that we'll be able to we'll be able to string together maybe three quarters, which might be enough. That's that's a good little summary. I feel like that's that's right. And you're right with Levi Levi Casbolt. He he does provide a pretty important thing positionally for you guys. Is that uh, key position forward just brings it to the ground. He's such a big lumbering unit. And um, yeah, no, that's a really good point. He's he's been good to have back. I reckon in. they're going to recall Kennedy and Silvani as well. And I think that they can be very handy players, and they both fight hard for the footy, which which you know is important. Believe it or not. At at the expense of who who do you reckon's going out for those two? Um, I think that you'd probably drop. Um, oh, I thought about this the other day. Um, well, 
Oh shit, I don't know. I've really, I've really <laughs> tossed one too, haven't I? Tell me, tell yeah. me who, Mealy. Uh, that's right. We don't have to. We don't have to go full on on the ins and outs. Um, well, let's just see. Kennedy and Silvani back in that team. I definitely think Kennedy will come back in. I reckon it's a good call. Um, yeah, I think Paulson comes out for um for probably for um Jack Silvani yeah. or he should. I think that Cruiser will hopefully be back and that'll make a massive difference. I, I wouldn't mind playing with either Phillips or Lobb as well with that double Ruckman setup. But um, yeah, um, I think that Kennedy's got to come in um, to the side and you could probably, I don't know, maybe Gibbons would just get a spell or maybe maybe Lockie O'Brien because he didn't look like it. But then you should probably give him some continuity. It's 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 a tough one to call. It's tough. But yeah, maybe, maybe you just with this new 666 and these new rules, you know what? Maybe just sneak him in. Just have him sit along the boundary. Just both. Don't drop anyone else. Have both of them in. Oh, yeah. One person come out. Have six, Kennedy seven, start. Six. No one will know. Yeah, that's right. The Saints tried to do it on the weekend and got caught <laughs> out. Um, mind you, I will say I would absolutely agree. that with, I wish I could say that my club was canny enough to be um to be doing this on the sly as some sneaky thing when we had eight seconds to maybe win the game but there's no way that some killed were that smart to be doing that and using exploiting that rule no fucking way that was just jack billings or someone forgetting where that you know not not it that wasn't on purpose it's happened so often and no not really in tactical time so it's clearly something that is just an adjustment definitely right all right all right um yeah, I'm worried about this game because I feel like I've been wanting to talk up the Gold Coast because of it, and that makes me worried. But I think that we're going to win. Well, I hope we are. I'm picking them. Um, and, of course, the other game on Sunday at the Saints special time of 3.20 p.m., um, taking on the Hawks at Docklands. Yeah, we're back on those Sunday slots. We had a nice taste last year of a couple Friday nights, and uh, which is pretty nice. And I think the year before that, just, just on fixture and scheduling it had been 700 odd days since we'd played on a friday night until 2017 and then we got back on the on the big stage and then we had a little taste in 2018 and we looked terrible and now we're banished to sunday afternoon football um yep. which is doesn't fine. when your team plays crap hey not at all i understand it right <laughs> who wants to fucking watch that on a friday night your friday night's ruined bullshit um no nah, it's fair enough it's fair enough over there um but well, you you go, Mealy. Tell me, tell, give me the give me the bad news. No, the bad news is, the bad news is that I'm not tipping with my head because my head says tip against Hawthorne at your peril. But my heart—that's the good news. The good news is my heart and my gut is saying St Kilda. So <gasps> it's a Dockland Stadium, and they have got that winning winning feeling. They've they've they've, they've generated the the positive vibes. That four in a row. They've, all right, they dropped one last week, but they didn't drop it badly. No, Back home to Melbourne and a team that's kind of clicking. I'm not saying Hawthorne aren't, but for the story, for you, I'm going to keep back in St Kilda in. That's such a kind of thing of you to do for me, Millie. I'm, for those of you at home, I'm smiling from, from ear to ear, just hearing these kind words from my dear friend Emil about those mighty saints. Um, but as the old adage, adage goes, tip against the Hawks. <laughs> If you dare. <laughs> oh, man. You're I'm tipping tip, the Hawks. I'm tipping the Hawks, bro. They fuck me up every which way all the time. And they, like, I just, I just, I think it boils down to this for me. I feel like we'll be competitive pretty much all over the ground and we will, we'll kick some goals and it'll be a close game. 
Um, but I, I don't know how our, our defense is really young at the moment without Carlisle and Robertson, who are our two best defenders. Like they are our best defenders, and and then Jimmy Webster as well is a, is a very good defender. But without those two, our defense is very young, and we I feel like we will struggle to get a hold of. Chad Wingard, if he plays like he can play, and Luke Bruce, he's just so so good and still underrated. Is and he I playing? Feel like, he got a little injury on the weekend. Ooh, let's hope he feels some a tender hamstring or whatever. I, think I it don't was know. A tender hamstring. Was it now? Hmm. How did I know that? <laughs> um, um, I, I, regardless, well, you know, that might be the difference. I, I, I still think. Look, I believe we can win for sure, and we are good at. Docklands and we we play that ground very well and that this is where we we get a win over them and also if we're looking back to our last few games last year we lost by maybe five points or a couple of points or something and they didn't score a goal in the last quarter it was all us just but we were classic Saints bombing it in I think we kicked you know one goal four in the last quarter and just had opportunity after opportunity and just couldn't capitalize. And earlier on in the year, we had a, a closest game when we were in our terrible streak and they beat us. And the year before that, we beat them in Tassie. So we, we, can't, we actually match up all right and we could get over them. But I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with, I'm going head on this one. There's no heart involved here. I'm all about that head. And I'm going those mighty birds. Uppies the birds. Has, has there been word on, um, on Stephen? I, f- I feel like they're talking about that he's just going to come back and play. And I don't well, know. If I think this is what I was thinking. I was, I was suspect, I was hoping that he'd come back to play. I reckon that he's offered of his return triumphantly to the mighty, the the the, the beautiful architecturally designed Docklands Stadium. It's fabulous. I think that, mm-hmm. I think that he's he'll be the showpiece of that that day, and and that'll win, and that'll get him over the line. I hope so, man. I hope the rest was worth it for him because, and for the Saints because, if we had him last week, we would have beaten Freo. Like he was what was missing. We had agreed. Again, in that third quarter when we, you know, we started 30 points down in the first or whatever and we needed that player who could break lines and his pace and we just didn't have it. We looked a bit slow slow without him in the midfield. If he was there, we lost by five points. He would have been the difference. And so I hope the rest was worth it and hope we can get over him. But uh, another point of difference for us here, Millie. Too much, too much off the head for me. Maybe I need to lean back into that heart and gut. Well. I think you're. I think you're ahead on our tip, so I guess we'll see how it shakes out after round four, because this is the round where we find out who is real and who is a, an apparition. That's right. In the premiership sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's our tips for the week. Um, now, we we said we talk a bit about Melbourne. I was thinking maybe we could do uh, the history segment first, and that'll lead us into some chat about Melbourne. I think so. Oh, there we go. Nice. We've got a little link in here. Yeah. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna pause though. So we'll edit this bit out. I'm just going to have to, my iPad's about to die. So no worries. To change, change do, do you know phone. what? We don't know what. I'm going to go take a piss. Okay, great. Perfect. That's amazing. So we just keep recording, keep it all running? Yeah, yeah, keep it all running and I'll, and I'll call you in a sec. Amazing. In 1958, Tom Wills, captain of the Melbourne cricket team, called for the formation of a football, well, sorry, foot hyphen ball team oh. as a way to keep their cricketers, keep the cricketers fit in the wintertime. Did, did you say 1858? Yep. Okay. I, wow, wow, a long time ago. Foot ball. Foot hyphen ball. <laughs> a few informal, informal matches were played throughout the winter of 1858 in Yarra Park near the established Melbourne cricket ground. 
After the following year's cricket season, in May 1859, Wills, alongside fellow cricketers Jerry Bryant, William Hammersley and J.B. Thompson, along with teacher Thomas H. Smith, met at the Parade Hotel, which was quite near Yarra Park. Uh, they, met to, owned... they met to talk footy, right? They, they met just to catching talk... up to, to talk a little bit of football. A bit of football. Foot hyphen bowl. Um, they were indeed there to talk about football. Um, and like Moses descended from Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments, they too brought forth ten edicts which were to govern the game that became Australian rules football. Love it. We've got a biblical reference. This is ticking all the boxes for me. We're talking about football and, oh man, please tell me. how football became me. the religion of Victoria and surrounds this this, uh, thus the Melbourne football club was born after a visit by a Melbourne football club official to England in the 1870s, the colors of red and green were adopted. Hmm. Hmm. Christmassy Christmas in Melbourne. Well, it's funny you should say that because not long after that, they, uh, they changed the, the, the colors because people kept confusing them with Christmas elves. Right. So they moved to no way. Oh, no way. And they weren't granting many wishes back then either, as they aren't really granting many now. It's been a long time. This was back in the VFA days. And uh, before VFL, it was it was a whole different thing. They did they were reasonably successful in that period. But, you know, um, we don't count that because it's pre-VFL, mate. And if it's not in the AFL-VFL era, then it doesn't count. That's right. The Saints went around then. So, you know, no, it's not knows. a competition at all, really. Uh, another version of that story goes that they um, they brought back from England a full complement of both red and blue woolen football socks, and Melman decided they'd adopt the red ones, and they donated the blue set to the Carlton Football Club when that was established in the 1860s. Huh. That's amazing. Some people, probably Demons fans, speculate that that is how Carlton became to known be known as the Blue Boys. Yeah, we made you Carlton. Yeah, that's it. It goes Melbourne first, then you go further out of town to Carlton. Have your blue yeah. socks. Of course, I've got to mention Geelong in this conversation because they will get upset if we don't mention. Yeah, Geelong were formed not long after Melbourne. Good. Yeah, they were early days, weren't they? they down were at Cadinia Park. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And, and they've always had an advantage down there. You don't want to travel down there. Never have. And no one's ever wanted to travel down there. No. <laughs> it's cold and it's wet. Ooh, yuck. Mm. Um, the nickname of the Melbourne footy club at the time was the red legs thanks to their fresh new red socks it's mm -hmm. cute um yeah right and that's what we Melbourne all call them red legs of course yeah, the well, red legs some supporters still do do they really well from now yeah, on i want to call supporters. i want to get around the red legs get around the red legs <laughs> well i'm i Sounds am this like some week. sort of horrible australian yeah it does uh, australian creature that'll kill you yeah Ooh, red, legs. The red legs Ooh, the red leg under that couch look out well i i reckon i hope they will kill the uh a, a swan this on uh, tomorrow night, those red legs. I can help get up. I'll get up the leg of this one and put make it, it down. bleed. Yeah, mm -hmm. those bloods. Um, in 1900, Melbourne won its first VFL premiership in the newly formed competition. Um, it was the the third season, I think, of the VFL at that point. It only been established as a league for, for that for about three years, um, and it was sometime in that period that they moved to a red and blue strip and became known as the Fusiers. Fuchsias, the, which are the, the fuchsias. That was their yeah. name. You know the wow. flowers, the fuchsias, because they, they have. If you look at the fuchsia flower, it looks a lot like the red and blue kind of strip of Melbourne. Oh my gosh! They come out to play in spring as well. 
That's right. <laughs> when it counts, disappear mate, for the winter. But in yeah, the spring, yeah. you'll see them popping up. That's right. Well, uh, they're, they're true to their flower origins right now. Nowhere to be seen. They would go on to a twenty-six year drought, and okay, so from nineteen hundred to nineteen twenty-six. Yeah, right. A twenty-six year drought when Brownlow Medal winner Ivor Ivor Warren, sorry, Ivor Warren Smith. Ivor Warren Smith, Ivor, Ivor. What did you say? What's that name? Ivor. Hmm. Ivor. Has it spelled? I V O R. Ivor. Ivor. Ivor Warner Smith guided them to their second premiership. Good on them. In 1926. Yes. Probably the biggest drought that that they'd been in the VFL at that point. Oh, jeez. And little did they know. They'd be like, never again for us. The future's... 26 years. Too long. No club should ever have to endure more than a 26-year drought. And it'll never happen again. Oh, my God. I would love a 26-year drought. That'd be amazing. Could you imagine? Uh, um, Well, we're getting close for the Blues. (laughs) Yeah, I'm getting there. True. (laughs) Um, in 1933, Frank Checker Hughes became the club's coach and the club entered its golden age. Determined mm. not to go on another drought. Melbourne won its fourth, fifth and sixth flags in a row in the 1939, 40 and 41 seasons. Oh, wow. They got a three-peat during wartime. Yeah. When, when the going got tough, they got it together. Yeah. Or, or they had their, you know, or it's probably cast dispersions on uh, on family members of people who are from that team. But I'm going to go with the Melbourne stereotype and say that they, they got they didn't have to join the war effort because they had a bit of cash behind them. They'll be fine. Well, I'll put out the <laughs> cheese board tonight. That's right. Put the, put the cannon fodder out first and then uh, later on in the war we'll have to recruit the, good, the rich boys. Yeah. Um, in 1947, they played in the competition's first ever drawn grand final against Essendon. And then resumed where they'd led off the following week and won their team's seventh flag. Wow. So they were like very dominant for this 10, 15 year era. Mate, that's not even, there's, there's more to come. Oh, geez. More dominance. Okay. Um, Norm Smith, AKA the Red Fox from Pasco Vale. You may have heard of him. Oh yeah. From the Red Legs. Oh yeah, that's right. He became coach in 1952 um, after a pretty good career at Fitzroy in Melbourne. In 1953, a young fellow by the name of Ronald Dale Barassi played his first game for the club. Again, someone you might have heard of, I'm not sure. I know I draw some random folks from AFL folklore back into the tale, so, you know. Some random names, plucking a couple of names. Barassi. Barassi. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Ring some bell. I've never heard of him before today. They made the grand final in 1954, but lost to the Dogs in the in Footscray's first premiership year. But then they three-peated again in 55, 56, and 57, and then lost to the Pies in 58, won again in 59 and 60. That's oh, wow. The, that was, that's, yeah. Oh, wow. So they were very Smith, close to getting six in a row. Oh, man. Yeah. It was oh, only the geez. Pies. And lost to the Pies still in a grand final. Still in a grand final in 58. That'd have yep. to be the best run of all time, right? If they'd got that six, no one's, no one's won six in a row. No, it's insane. <laughs> Smith was their coach and Barassi their glorious captain. They won their 12th flag in 1964, but at the end of the year, in a shocking move, Barassi defected to Carlton 
This was like oh. the biggest story in football at the time. Huge. Yeah, huge. Yeah. So dirty. Until the following year, only a few months later, in 1965, when Norm Smith was sacked after a dispute with the club, one factor of which was that uh, was Barassi's departure. It's also interesting, I found this out, Barassi grew up living with Norm Smith since the age of like 15. He was like his protege and, you know. Oh, no way, yeah. really? Yeah. He groomed yeah. him. Norm Smith even uh, offered, when Barassi said he was going to leave, he, offered, he even... He said so later. He said he offered to stand down so that Barassi could coach, captain coach, if he wanted to. But Barassi decided to go to the Blues. When the news was leaked to the media, his sacking became the most dramatic story to ever hit AFL footy history. Like that coupled with the Barassi thing. Um, speculation was rife that he would replace his brother, the other Smith, at Richmond. So he was restored to his role at Melbourne within the week. It was like a no way. Weeks long, got him, this is the first week that they just they figured out the week was a long term in football. That was the original long week in football. They also That's figured right. out around this time that a game could have two halves in it. A game yes. of two halves. A game has two halves. Mm. Um, the club won only one more game for the rest of that year Jeez. and missed finals for the first time in eleven years. Oh, wow. They're a regular Hawthorne of the 30s and 40s and 50s, weren't they? Yep. They wouldn't the play another final until 1987. Holy shit. They didn't play another final. Oh, my. Another final. Oh, my God. And what was that last? What was it? 59 is what you said? 50. Uh, 64. This is when Six, they. 64. Yeah, 60, well, 65. Oh. Sorry. 65. They missed the finals. Um, and that was the last time. That they, 64 was the last time they played finals until 1987. Oh my goodness. I feel like my drought now, which is, it's not even that long. It's like nine years or something that St Kilda haven't played in the final is, is bad enough or eight years, let alone 22 years. Mm -hmm. Wow. This is my, this is why I feel for the D's man. This is, yep. this is it. This is a fellow. This is struggler. the curse of Barassi and, then, and Smith. Oh my God. And that's some voodoo shit. I didn't know this. Okay. Tell, keep telling me this sad tale. Well, that's kind of the end of what I had prepared to, about the about the D's because that's kind of brings it to the present day. They they have played in grand finals, but um, they haven't won since nineteen sixty four. Sixty four, yep. And oh, gee, and that's the longest one. And then with the Saners obviously being sixty six, the next one, and it was the Dogs. And then so the next on the list, you would have thought would have been hopefully those D's, but that's incredible. I didn't know they. I knew they had some periods of dominant success. But I had I had no idea Nothing that like they that, had. Though. Oh, jeez! And twenty years out of the finals in an era where it's not as controlled and tight and tough as, as it is now. You know, you would have thought naturally they would have bounced back up and been solid again. But to not play in a final for twenty years from the sixties, seventies till the late eighties. Yeah, but think about when they um, stopped playing finals, the sixty through the seventies, and zoning. As I talked about in a previous episode, zoning had a massive effect. They had a really bad zone and, and couldn't get players, it, you know, the, the best you, way. And you, you you wouldn't be getting those country kids either or those kids that are out, you know, out in the burbs playing footy and, oh, wow, that would have affected massively. It's, it's mm -hmm. right then, isn't it? And it's yep. crippled them until this till this very day. Yeah. And, oh, dude, geez. Man, that's that's pretty shocking. And 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 I, and I guess this is where it all. If we're talking about the now and talking about these days, 
is where that's where it comes to me where 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 I do relate to them and where I feel for them because if you if you've been around if you've been if you were born in the fifties forties and you were a D's fan, I can't imagine how how horrible that must be to endure all of that oh. and being a fan for all of those years for seventy years. And you caught some success, you know, you might have caught the tail end of success when you were, whatever, 18, 19, if you were born in 1940, and then to just have this, I, I feel for They've them. I've really now. had an interesting relationship with the M, um, with the MCC as well, because it, it was for a long time operated by the MCC. They were operators like under the same, well, roof and also within the same organization. And it just, that also meant that they'd never have had the um, membership base that a lot of other big clubs have had. Because people who are members of the MCC could go along to games, so they didn't ever feel the need to sign up as, to be D's members or Fuchsia's members. Oh, there's actually another thing about right. the Fuchsias that I, uh, I meant to red say. Legs. Was, oh, the Red a, Legs. Well, the Red Legs, yes, right. There was, um, oh, was it, shit, was it, I think it was that golden era coach, Frank Checker Hughes. One oh, of yep. the first things he, um, he, he did in 64 was to change, just to say, we don't want to play like, what was the quote? Um, uh, they don't want to play like flowers anymore. We they want we know we have to play like demons, and that is kind of the where oh. the demons came from. Is that where it came from? Because yeah, yeah. When, that was when the switch came. So they that's right. No more like flowers. Well, do you know so what? So my they contention need to do is now? maybe they need to change. <laughs> yeah, mate, a hundred percent. I'm on it. This is we're in 2019. It's okay to be a flower now. Yeah, I feel back like to the you fuchsias. To, I say, come back to those fuchsias. All the red legs, red legs hide in fuchsias. They'll bite you. Oh, I, I reckon bring that back, man. I'd be embracing the future side of things. They've already got some weedy men. They could do with some flowers. Exactly, man. you got to pick out the weeds and keep the flowers. Yeah. Also, watch for red legs because they do bite. And in Australia, they, do bite. they, they, they get can kill you. you. They'll get you. They, they can kill you. Especially oh. if you're old MacDonald, Tom MacDonald, and you've got a farm and you're picking your fuchsias in the field. Yeah. Or if with you're your Robbie Flowers. You know. With your weedy man and your, and your red legs. Well, okay. So here's here's a question. Then I'll pose you, Millie. Okay. We're leaning into these to these red legs. Can the Fuchsias win the flag this year? Can they still do it at zero and three? Yeah, they can. They can. Um, like by all metrics and stuff, they can. Like, you, the Bulldogs have shown that it's possible. You just need to make finals. It is possible, and they are a team capable of going on a hell of a long, um, hell of a good run. Uh, we've seen the last couple of seasons they've gone on really decent runs in the back end of the season. They'll bloody need it. Um, but the peaking at the right time is the key. That's kind of what we've seen the last few years. Um, Richmond peaked at the exact right time to get that flag in, in um, 2017. The dogs before them peaked at the exact right time. You know, even even last year, the, the, the West Coast peaked at the right bloody time. And you can see it now. They're the dominant team at this point in the season, but so were Richmond last year. Who's going to peak at the right time this year? Maybe the flowers will bloom in spring again. Well, you know what? That's right. They, that's that's exactly right. They will come good when it matters. They will be blooming in spring. Come come September, they'll be in full bloom. They'll be a sight to see. You mm -hmm. would hope, right? But you don't want anyone to tread on them. Don't they want? No. They don't want to get any injuries during that during spring, the important time. Or they might not even grow if they don't water their seeds. And get it together now you know they need to they need to get it together now so you can have a full bloom um yeah it, to, to answer my question as well on that i i also th think they absolutely can and i feel like you know like you said with the tigers and the the dogs 
uh, timing was a big thing, and also injuries. And Melbourne right now have some injuries. People are ragging on their defense. Yeah, they're missing May. Lever. Who's a, and Lever. Lever's yep. huge. They gave up two first-round picks for Lever. He's an absolute jet. Yep. And once you get him back there and Stephen May, uh, it's a whole different team. And once that clicks, is you know, like we said earlier, they looked like they started to get it back in the second quarter to how we know they can play. I feel like that'll happen any week now. And then who gives a fuck about the first three rounds? When you know, when they when they get on a seven winning streak or something, and they're you know they got ten wins of the season, four losses, five losses. No one will care. You won't remember this. They'll, it's all about that timing. That's right. And, you know, I think that they, their big men have had some time and they're not Aaron Norton, so they're ready to go now. Exactly. Braden Bruce, he's had some time. He's had lots of time in the VFL. Bring him in. Bring him in. Yeah, bring him in. Bring him, They will, man. They're going to bring him in. Big unit. Yeah, We're going to see it as soon as we... I checked the teams while you're having a oh, piss. And you did? <laughs> oh, there we go. There it is. Yeah. You heard it here first. You heard it here on Thursday whenever this is uploaded that yeah. Braden Pruse is playing tonight. Or now when you're listening to it on the way to the game. He's in. He's Get in. around him. him go the, yeah. Calm the red legs. Well, yes and yes from you and I then, Amelia. We both think that these can do it. I still have yeah. them in, I think, fifth overall on my ladder. And I reckon they're a damn good team. I hope they get it together because I feel for them as a fellow struggler in St. Kilda. I really feel for that. And you can hear, listen to that history. It makes me feel even more for them. So up the red legs, mate. Up those mighty fuchsias. What you said last week about the quality of their inside 50 entries is the most telling thing. They're, they're getting it inside 50. Um, you were spot on. They're getting it inside 50 and they're just not ready to convert. Um, but they will. Once that clicks, it'll be, they'll, be all, they'll be absolutely fine. They've got the they got the ability to to have you know nine goal quarters if it all goes right. They've got so yeah. many inside fifties. Uh, it it'll happen, man. It'll happen. Go to the days. Come on, red legs. Come on, red legs. Um, that is us for another week of AF eloquence. That's it for round four. We'll see you again sometime midweek next week for another edition. Um, that's 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 us. Uh, follow us on social media. Give us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again, guys. Love your work. Yeah, hit us up. We'd really like to hear this feedback. It's been great. Get a little following going on here. Up those mighty fuchsias. Calm the red legs.